0: Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We have a return guest on the podcast today. Last time we had Nita McGee on. We were talking compassionate leadership today, another really important topic, mental health tips for busy practitioners. For those that may have missed the first episode with Dr. McGee, I will be sure to link to it in the description of today's podcast episode. Dr. McGee is a mental health nurse practitioner. Since 2013, she's been in the leadership role as a manager with the GV Sunny Montgomery VA Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi. She's been with that hospital for 26 years, I believe.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Welcome back to the show. It's good to have you back.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be back.
0: So for listeners that may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about your professional background and the work you do in mental health.
1: Okay. As Casey mentioned, I'm a mental health uh, nurse practitioner certified. I have over 30 years of mental health experience, but I've worked with the veterans with uh, mental various mental health conditions for about 26 years. I also have 10 years working with children and adolescents with mental health diagnoses. And from a leadership standpoint, I am responsible for managing the mental health nurse practitioners that's assigned to primary care, as well as mental health outpatient.
0: And last time we spoke, as I mentioned in the introduction here, we discussed compassionate leadership. So do you think showing compassion for other people is beneficial to our mental health?
1: I do believe that showing compassion for others is beneficial for our mental health. the reason I say that is because as I continue to develop as a compassionate leader, part of the benefit is through um, those compassionate actions that we can show, be it actively listening to that person or just giving them our undivided attention at that moment. I believe that that one of those actions, even though some may consider it simple, is just that positive reinforcement that we can offer them when we're actively listening. Um, In turn, I believe that it can can open a provider up to being able to share and listen to difficult conversations, whether it be from the veteran or from another colleague, or just in general, being able to, to disclose. So I I believe that with us being able to manage our veterans, our providers, that it it makes a big difference.
0: Okay. So now I want to turn the tables on you, put you on the spot here. What types of habits have you personally found to be beneficial to your mental health? Because you are, as many listeners may have already picked up on, a very busy practitioner.
1: That I am. Because on top of being a mental health nurse practitioner, I also teach online. So my time is very limited. So for me, I start my morning off with a prayer and my morning devotion and mindfulness and then just morning meditation. But when I first wake up in the morning, I don't turn on the TV. I don't listen to any news. I kind of sit on the side of the bed and just take a moment to take some deep breaths and kind of figure out what what I need to do for the day. And just taking that mindfulness gives me an opportunity to be just a tad bit more focused and prepare me for what I need to do for that next day. So this tends to be um, one of my morning routines. And what I, I do is, and my family complains a lot about it, is I don't check my emails. I don't, I don't turn the computer on. I don't any of that. So when I, even when I get to work, I, my, my daily communion and my, some of my meditation is at the very beginning of that day. So while my computer is uploading, I'm doing that and I'm kind of preparing myself and just thinking about what, what's coming to me that day. I also turn my volume down. I don't know a lot of people. I don't know if, if anybody has incurred, in, encountered This new Microsoft Teams and some of the ways that we're meeting, but there's a ding that comes as the mattresses come through. So one of the things that may not think about, but to turn that volume all the way down because it will be very interrupting during that that meditation moment. Um, Again, my family, my friends, they complain like crazy about my phone, but I don't check it first thing in the morning. That's not a priority for me. I'm a priority for that first part of the morning. And I know that being able to take care of myself Gives me an opportunity to prepare for the whatever comes in the next person and whatever I have to be prepared for. Everybody else that needs something from me, and again, there's no email checking. There's no calendars. There's no voicemails because I know once I start doing those tasks, my day is over. So um, just taking that morning, enjoying that time, getting my thoughts together looking at my to-do list from the the day before, just figuring out how to, to get started. And then my, my ultimate favorite, which I don't get to do as much anymore is reading. Uh, my best friend's daughter recently bought me an Audible. So um, even though I get to do just a few pages a day, I, I do try to read. I'm in a book club, but I don't get to do that as much. But that's a wonderful way for me to be able to, to kind of get my day started.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, there there's so many really awesome uh, hints and tips in there. Turning off notifications is a big one. You'd mentioned yeah. it with specific to Microsoft Teams, but really any app or email on your phone or your desktop that's going to shift your focus. Yeah, I, I completely agree that it's helpful. Yeah. I turn off essentially all notifications on my phone and computer, um, at least put them on mute. In that last part, you just mentioned there about free reading. I think it's key to, I'll just editorialize here and say, I've talked to people before that are professionals. And when they are reading, there's stuff that you can be reading for work, CME stuff, et cetera. And then there's Free reading, the, those, those, that, the kind of thing that can kind of take yes. you out of that. And I think there's a distinction that should be made there. Um, because yeah, I agree, I, I agree. Yeah, it's there's there's nothing like starting your day if you get up early enough, um, with a, a couple of pages, maybe a chapter, depending on how fast you are. I, I find no pun intended, bookending my days with some reading is the best move. Uh, a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening. Um, so thank you for that thorough response. And I think there's a lot of helpful information in there. Um, yeah, and so,
1: I agree that that reading is very major because it takes that mind away. Even if if it is for 10, 20 minutes, just taking your mind away from that day. And like you said, the end, just settle in that thought. Can actually help with the sleep and everything else that, that's important to even consider.
0: So, some folks in healthcare, they may be so busy, and this is not out of the realm of possibilities, <laughs> that they are not, they just making, they're so busy that they can't make their own mental health a priority. They're servicing other folks in their professional life, in their home life. So, how can busy clinicians make emotional well being a priority?
1: As healthcare providers and, and those who are not healthcare providers, maybe even healthcare administrator people, um, we often encounter constant stressors, whether it's in a workplace, or like you said, Casey, with our family life, with whatever. But those are things that can make us kind of vulnerable and lead to that burnout and that compassion fatigue that we have to take into consideration. So this could, um, as I'm thinking about it, I'm also thinking about workload the patient morbidity, mortality rate that we may be encountering because right now dealing with COVID, you know, even though we think we're on decline, we're still encountering some of that long-term effect of the the disease itself. It could be some ethical dilemmas that could be facing us. So just making a priority, even if it's five minutes, that can make a difference. And i once, one time heard a presenter who said something like, if you got enough time to brush your teeth or to watch television, or even stroll through your social media, you know how we go through that, you got enough time to take a couple of minutes and insert some mindfulness in place. So one of the things that I tend to share with staff and with the veterans that I manage is just a quick grounding exercise. Just get them to think about their five senses, what they see, hear, smell, touch, feel, taste kind of thing, and get them to just take some deep breaths with it. And then Paying attention to how your body is breathing, how you're feeling, it calms you down because your focus is somewhere else, and it removed it from those negative thoughts that you could have been in bombarded with across that day. So just taking that time, five minutes, is all it takes. Just removing yourself is is just a great way to 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 make it a priority.
0: Now, as someone like yourself who's in a leadership position, I'm interested to get your feedback on this next question. In, In your opinion, how can those in leadership positions help make the mental health of their employees more of a priority?
1: Okay. Since I do do a rose, I think this question, it hits me on both angles as a provider and as a leader. But as a leader, in my opinion, I'll say that it begins with me and me displaying those positive habits that I hope the the staff kind of picks up on. And as we discussed on our last talk, that showing compassion to others, in order for me to do that, I got to first learn how to show it to myself. That means accepting all my flaws, all the mistakes I've made and forgiving myself. And then acknowledging that I do have strengths and accomplishments and not letting the negative part of it take over. Then I can move into Letting the staff know that it's okay for them to feel the same way and for them to express and acknowledge, you know, I'm burned out or I, I'm they may not use the word compassion for tea, but I'm tired. I I, I feel numb. Those things, let them, the staff know that those things are temporary and that we could address them, but there are steps that we can take to address those symptoms. But as a leader, we can acknowledge their contributions to the organization. Help them see those strengths those accomplishments that they've done. And as I've mentioned earlier, actively listening to them because I believe that that listening helps build that trust that we're looking for, for them to feel like they're safe. That when I say my door is open, they know my door is open. It's not just a phrase that I'm throwing out and they are able to report their concerns or if they come to me and say, I need a day and and no pun intended, but we say a mental health day. If they need that mental health day i'm 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 open for it as a leader. the employee should not be fearful that the response is going to be disciplinary or it's going to be negative from a leader that listening and again actively listening and making sure they got the resources that they need to be successful that for me is key, and I'm learning something on it, haven't quite figured out how, but I'm looking on a way to implement something called trauma-informed, a trauma-informed approach for the staff, because I, I just believe that some of the anxieties and the stressors, that the way we manage it could be through managing our patients, those that we engage with. Because if they're compliant, if they're following the treatment plans, that cuts down on the anxieties and us feeling like we're spinning our wheels with the treatment plan or with the patients not following what we've put all the effort into. So I just believe that, that I'm, I'm going to learn more about it, but I am interested in trying to figure out how to put that integrate that trauma informed um, care into, um, into the, my leadership skills.
0: And you just mentioned mental health days. It's pretty appropriate that they're called that. Tell us more about the importance of, not just one mental health day here and there, but just the importance of rest and vacation time and what impact that can have on mental
1: health. Okay, um, for the mental health providers, it could mean them not providing the best quality care that they, that they can. They could could be, and I don't wanna sound negative, but snappy or short with their, the patients, with the providers, even with an administrative staff that often can set the tone for that that first encounter from the patients that, that come in. Without taking that time off, they can have difficulty focusing, completing tasks. They'll tend to like um, repeat things and really not get anywhere, or they'll forget to do something again. So without that rest and vacation, um, I also uh, noticed that some of the more physical symptoms, that being off because of a cold or elevated blood pressure, or for those who have some pain uh, issues, they're not able to get that pain relief because of the stressors that's going on. Another thing is their mood. Again, I'll say they're not as short and snappy if they can just take a couple of days off, and I don't mean just a weekend, but that level of impatience that they could present with um, could be addressed. Because working with the mental health population, that could be easily misunderstood. And we don't want it to turn into something else. So we have to just be mindful of that.
0: Those are really, really great responses. What what else can be done to reduce the stress and anxiety that so many clinicians are dealing with that we haven't already mentioned yet?
1: Things that I think about that either I've done before or I have not. (laughs) Um, Exercising. Um, Journaling, to me, is a great releaser. I have journaled in the past, but um, had an episode where uh, someone got a hold of my journals. So I don't journal anymore. And that I miss that because that was a way for me to write it down, be able to go back and look at it and just find what my thought process was. So I'll say journaling and seeking professional help, even as a mental health employee, just seeking that help. So those are three things that come to mind.
0: Those are great. And I do some journaling myself. And I know that if I fall back on not doing it, I'll actually put it on my to-do list. Like it's a task at work or something.
1: Excellent and, idea. Uh,
0: that's is that important to me, I think. Yeah. Um and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Nita McGee. She's a mental health nurse practitioner joining us again on this podcast. Again, she's in a leadership role as a manager with the GV Sunny Montgomery VA Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi. I want to thank her for her time today. And also, I'm going to give her the final word here. Is there any parting thoughts you'd like to leave us with?
1: What I'll say as closing words is just promoting mental health awareness and that support that as a leader, I believe it's one of the ways that we can have a major impact. I think that we need to be more attentive to the culture that we develop within our organization and keep in mind that that mental health stigma, that as a leader, and even as healthcare providers, taking steps to figure out how to find the solutions to the challenges that we encounter. And I believe that as leaders, we need to be able to Offer that assistance, not just through an employee assistance program. There's just some of the small steps that we can take, and just being aware of what our employees need, being aware of their personal struggles, so that again, as I mentioned earlier, they're not as reluctant to disclose if we build that trust up with them, and just creating that welcoming environment again, to where they feel safe. So I I I just believe that offering it with that non-judgmental level of care and letter of leadership can help them within the organization and I think within their personal life. So just find helping them find the resources, even if it's not within the facility, but just helping them uh, find it and being supportive.
0: Well said. Thank you again for making time for us. I know our listeners really appreciate your feedback and your insight.
1: Thank you. And I appreciated the opportunity again.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. With today's episode, teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.